Well, good morning. And uh, Merry Christmas season, shall we say. It is the first Sunday of Advent. And uh, if you are visiting this morning, uh, welcome. My name's uh, Pastor Phil Nelson, one of the pastors here. So glad to have all of you here this morning. We hope that you can continue uh, the following Sundays to join us for this Christmas season. Advent um, isn't used as much as maybe 10, 20 years ago, but Advent is a version of a Latin word which actually means coming. And so we're entering in a four-week Christmas series called The Star, A Journey to Christmas, to celebrate the arrival of Jesus and to also anticipate the coming of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Now, the whole idea behind this series, this, this uh, Christmas season, is to enter on a journey. And so many of you know that a journey isn't just necessarily a day long. A journey sometimes is season to season long. Um, and, and so it takes time to walk and push forward and enjoy the surroundings. And so we're on a journey this Christmas season. This journey will realign your expectations and your experience of Christmas if you let it. Okay? It's your choice. The gift, the gifts that we are going to focus on this season are only delivered by and through the Messiah, the baby, who came for us that one Christmas morn, and his name is Jesus. And the four gifts that we're going to focus on this season is today the gift of hope. Next Sunday, we're going to look at the gift of love, agape, unconditional love. Then the December the 17th, the day of our Christmas caroling outreach. And by the way, a plug there, um, you don't have to sing to go on this outreach. It's not about singing. It's about blessing our community, being present in our community, and meeting a need as we see it in our community. And so the 17th, we are going to focus on the gift of joy. How many of you really would love joy this Christmas season? I know I would. And joy is not happiness. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is who he is. And then, of course... Finally, we're going to focus on the gift of peace from the Prince of Peace. And that's going to be on Christmas Eve. And by the way, just to fill you in, we're going to have two services on Christmas Eve. One at 9 a.m. and one at 11. We will not have any evening uh, service. So come bring your family. Come bring your neighbors. Bring a friend. Can you imagine, church, if every family here just brought one guest? How cool would that be? There's so many people, as we're going to talk about today, in need, in desperate need of hope. And this Christmas season, we're going to offer that through the Word of God and through the person of Jesus. And so some of you may even be thinking, well, what happened to a chapter a day? Again, a chapter a day is not a series, it's a lifestyle. And it's the DNA of who we are as a church here at Elevation Community Church. 
And if you're visiting, a chapter a day is we're reading a chapter a day, just one chapter a day, as a church, in small groups, as ministry teams, as families. And right now, we're in Romans. We're on Romans 15 today. If you would like more resources, we have a podcast uh, that the staff and then invited guests uh, do every week on Tuesday. It comes onto our phone app, and you can also download it on SoundCloud. This is just a resource to you as we're reading through a chapter a day. And uh, if you haven't joined us, uh, or maybe you're behind a little bit, it's okay. Just stop where you are and join us today on Romans 15. I mention Romans is because in this Advent season, Romans is jam-packed with truth, tons of truth about the gifts of hope, joy, love, peace. Every chapter, just find it in the person of Jesus. And so our journey these four weeks will center on the Christmas star. That's hence the title, the star. By the way, we have a little resource. We have 10 of these at the table uh, for uh, where we're selling tickets for the star, the movie, and I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit in the message. But this is called The Star, A Journey to Christmas, and it's devotions through the season of Advent on hope. Imagine that. Love, joy, and peace. They're free back there. There's 10 of them. They're free. You can always get these online as well. Um, but just do me a favor. Don't take it if you're not going to read. Let another family be blessed by it for them to go through it, okay? Uh, but this is available to you just to help you uh, take one step closer to the Messiah, Jesus. Now, the star, the star of Bethlehem has become the central theme or a central focus in the Christmas story. But did you realize that it's actually mentioned, that it's, it's mentioned in the Bible is very, very, very brief in the book of Matthew. Very brief. And uh, the amazing truth about this star that is even agreed upon by scholars and scientists, imagine that. This one fact about the star of Bethlehem is agreed upon by most people is that the light of the star led people to Jesus. The light of the star of Bethlehem led people to Jesus. And we can clearly see that, here's another plug, in the movie The Star. It's for kids and adults, and a reason why I mention it is this Christmas season, we're trying to get the families to be connected and focus on what really matters. That's why we're doing this season, or series, this season, to focus on hope, love, joy, and peace. And next Sunday at the Bland Movie Theater, ECC has rented the theater out for the 12 o'clock showing. And you know their theaters are really large, right? So we, we, we rented out the whole theater, um, but tickets may go fast. And so we're going to sell them before and after service, after today, and then on the 10th uh, next week, you can get them before and after the service, and then we'll have a table at the movie theater. They're $3 a piece. You can't beat that. So 
bring your family, bring your kids, and engage on the star of Bethlehem, which will lead you and light your path to this baby, Jesus, who changed the history of the world and hopefully has or will change your life. That's what it's all about. So would you pray with me? Father, um, I just pray that all the holly jolly distractions would just melt away this morning. I pray that every person here would just not hear words coming out of my mouth, but that they would hear your truth and your spirit drawing their hearts to your heart, oh God, for that is the sole reason you sent your one and only son to be born, to live a sinless life, to die, but to be resurrected and to dwell and live on his throne on the right hand of you, Father, to come and get us sometime soon to renew all things to yourself. That's what Christmas means. I just pray, Father, that you would teach us, you'd give us a new perspective of this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. The point of today and the series is that the star then in the Christmas story and the star now is a guide that ultimately leads us to the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus Christ. No matter where you find yourself in this season, and I know there are many that are in difficult seasons and situations, but no matter where you find yourself today, you are invited in this Advent journey. Think for a moment with me of those who were invited on the journey towards that first Christmas. Mary a teenager, not even married yet, a virgin. Joseph, an innkeeper. Wise men. And there were probably more than three, everybody. There was a lot of wise men. A jealous king. Shepherds, common shepherds. Angels of glory. And many, many more. While the pace of our lives here in 2017, would probably make their heads spin. <laughs> right? Each of these people were facing daily difficulties that we would want no part of. They didn't have all the answers. They didn't have what's called the Bible. They didn't have the New Testament because the New Testament hadn't happened yet. All they had was prophecies of old, a hundred hundreds of years that have passed. 400 years of silence from hearing God. That's a long time. They hadn't spent hours getting ready and making sure that they were prepared for the supernatural events that were coming down the pike. They didn't even understand what was happening all the time, even when angels came and visited them or they had a light from the star guiding them. But all of the people within the Christmas story, get this, answered God's invitation to come and see 
the arrival, remember Advent, is coming of his son, the light of the world and savior of all. So what about you this Christmas? What about us this Christmas? Let me ask you a few questions. Are you willing to say yes to this journey? This journey requires an investment of time to focus on not the material commercial things, to focus on why we have Christmas in the first place. Will you peer through the darkness of your life, whatever that looks like, and look and pursue the glimmer of hope? Will you step toward the light of the star even if your vision seems cloudy or muddled? And will you journey towards Bethlehem drawn by the hope for the love, the joy, and the peace that awaits us? And I just want to say this because I realize that there are many of you where that vision, that challenge right now that I just asked you to make is very difficult. Your night seems rather cloudy. No star in sight. You look and you look and you look, but there's nothing there. Is your Christmas season overwhelmed already? It's December 3rd, and so many of us are already overwhelmed and ready to throw the towel in. Are you overwhelmed already by the number of struggles, financial stresses, relational dysfunctions, memories of loss and heartache, unrealistic and commercialized expectations? You see, we've all been there at some time or point, and some of you are there now. But let me encourage you, the point of this series is that dark place where you find yourself right now, that's exactly where hope shines brightest. So take courage, my friends. The darkness provides the opportunity for us to look for the light. So how do we follow the star of hope this Christmas season? How can we purposefully live this season of anticipation of hope? I'd like to suggest three things for us to look at. If you're taking notes, write these three things down. Number one, acknowledge the darkness around us. Be aware of the darkness around us. Number two, embrace the waiting. Embrace it. Welcome it. Hold on to it. And third, commit to the journey. And so without taking any more time, let's go to point number one. Acknowledge the darkness around us. Now I have a handy dandy flashlight. And it's on. But it doesn't actually look too impressive, does it? I mean, you can kind of see the light coming out of this device. But it's only when, and we're not even going to get it pitch black, but it's only when lights go down and there's somewhat darkness. We still have lights here, and they're not going to go off. 
But it's only then when you can start to see the effects of this light. And it doesn't necessarily look like a little silly gadget anymore. This may even be your hope for getting out or not of a place that is complete darkness. And it's kind of amazing you can bring the lights back up. You see that? The beam just went away when the lights came up. And it's kind of amazing to me as I look at the Christmas story. I don't know about you. God chose to use a star to guide the wise men to Bethlehem. A star. And throughout the Bible, we see God use his creation to guide people to him. Think about that for a minute. The Bible talks about God's handiwork and his creation, how it sings his praises, and it always points to him. Just a few weeks ago, we read in Romans 1, verse 20. We read this. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And then David writes beautifully in Psalms 8. When I look at your heavens, the night sky, and I see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should even care for them. Creation speaks of God's glory. And God's glory is seen in the stars. But the thing about stars, if you haven't noticed, they can't be seen in light. Very rarely. Very dimly. But during the day, we go about our day not even thinking about the galaxies and the stars above us because we can't see them. And it's the same as the flashlight. When the lights came up, the beam disappeared. But it's on a much more celestial scale. They are there, but you can't see them. In fact, they are seen best, get this, on the darkest of nights. When there's no moonlight, away from the lights of the city. And I can attest to that because two years ago, I went with 14 individuals from this church on a go team trip to South Africa, KwaZulu-Natal to be exact. And I had this little porch outside of my room. And every night, I would go out there. Plus, everyone else had a bathroom. I didn't, so. Um, <laughs> the porch was my special place. <laughs> Anyways. Thanks, Jamie. Um, where was I? Uh, you couldn't see, literally, you could not see five feet in front of you. It was that dark. Why? Well, number one, there was no light. Everyone had gone to bed. And all the fires and all that, you know, they didn't have electricity. 
Very few did anyways. The air pollution, there wasn't really any of that. And I looked up in the sky and you could see stars for miles and miles and miles. I even saw the Milky Way. It's incredible how beautiful the night sky is when there's no light interfering with the darkness. Because then the light from above can shine down. How cool is that? You see, some of you need to hear this. The darker the setting, the better and the brighter the starlight. The darker the setting, the brighter the starlight. This time of year, holiday glitz just provides artificial light to our lives, or we may seek out our own flashing distractions to try to distract away from the gnawing desperation, the gnawing darkness within. But facing the darkness, get, are you following me? Facing the darkness and acknowledging it and calling it what it is allows us to see true light. Facing the darkness and calling it what it is. Exposing it. Ephesians talks about exposing it, the darkness, to light. Allows us to see the bright light shining. And so as we journey today and this Christmas season, let's be honest about the darkness that we see around us, both in the world around us and also in our own hearts Darkness, sin, callousness. And the Bible tells us about darkness with the Israelites during that time. It was a very dark time for the people. The Old Testament prophets before Jesus had showed up on the scene prophesied of a Messiah. But it had been a long wait, hundreds of years Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, said this in Isaiah 7, 14. He says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. We're going to talk about Emmanuel in a couple weeks, what that means. Isaiah talked about the coming light but he also addressed the darkness that was going to increase for centuries and centuries all the way to where we are in 2017. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. But get this, if we can travel back to that point in time before the Messiah was even on the scene. The people of Israel lived in the balance, lived between the promise of the Savior and the fulfillment of the promise. Can you imagine waiting in that balance of knowing the promise is there, knowing it's coming, don't know when, and it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Today we share common 
experiences of darkness and desperation. Nothing can rescue us from the darkness except God. Did you hear me? Nothing this season can rescue you from the darkness except God. The beauty of this journey of hope is that we see in what seems to be the darkest hour of this history where the Israelites are, God shows up. Can I even encourage you? The darkest seasons of your life is the opportunity for God to show up. That is the joy of going through this season every Christmas is knowing that when there seems to be no way, God always makes a way. Forever, He is faithful. And so I want to leave you with this thought for that point. Number one, darkness has nowhere to hide when Jesus, the light of the world, is present. If you have Jesus with you and you focus on Jesus and you pursue Him with all your might and you embrace Him, the darkness cannot hold you captive. And so, we acknowledge the darkness around us and now we embrace the weight. Who likes waiting? Traffic? How about the grocery line? Walmart? It's crazy. Who stays home during Black Friday because of that, right? Yeah. We don't like waiting. And so our culture does everything possible to reduce the amount of time in waiting. I don't think most of us would make it in Israel back then. I just don't think we would. The people of Israel in the Bible knew all about waiting. Since Genesis, this is the beauty of Christmas, guys. Since Genesis, in the very first book of the Bible, when sin entered the picture, and Adam and Eve were tempted and they fell to sin, God cursed the serpent in that garden. He says this in Genesis 3. He says, God says to the serpent, your offspring will come, uh, excuse me, through her offspring, meaning Eve, will come a Savior, one who will crush the serpent. This was Jesus. From the beginning of the time, Jesus was spoken as the coming Messiah. So God had a plan of hope from the start. But constrained by the time of our world, the waiting seemed like forever. 400 years is a long time, let alone a thousand years since Abraham or so. That's a long waiting period. Advent is a time of waiting. When it feels unnatural to us, there is a great benefit from embracing the season as we anticipate the coming of Jesus. The waiting reminds us of something, if you've ever waited before. It reminds you of where your dependence and your hope lie. When you're, those of you who have been, who are parents, been through the birthing process, or some of you, even uh, Pastor Daniel and Laney, getting ready for little Hannah to come, there's a waiting time. It feels like forever, doesn't it? <laughs> but the waiting is so important. 
Because if you don't wait and you try to rush it, the product and the result is going to be premature. Waiting can be so beneficial to your life. And God provides hope through Jesus for the waiting. I stood before a grieving family this week, and they're here. I love you guys. You know who you are. <coughs> I stood before this grieving family who lost a dear woman that they loved, a, a wife, sister, a mom, a mammal. And I spoke these words for peace and encouragement to the family. And these words come from Revelation 21, verse 4. And this is part of the waiting. Because while we celebrate Jesus' birth, Advent season, we as Christians also wait for our true hope to be fulfilled when Jesus comes and renews all things to himself. This will be the ultimate fulfillment of our deepest hopes, y'all. It goes like this. I heard a loud shout from the throne of heaven saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. That's you and me. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Like the Israelites, we still live today in 2017 in the space between the already, Jesus has come, he has made a way for us to have salvation, but it's also the not yet of Jesus coming to take us home to paradise with him. We have the already done which is awesome. They didn't have that. They waited for it. But now we're waiting for the fulfillment of God's ultimate promise. Hope is about waiting. But waiting involves a commitment to being present in the journey. And as we wait, I believe waiting, when we seek God in the waiting and the ways of God in the waiting, it fuels our faith. Waiting in hope fuels our faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the assurance of things not seen yet. And so will you allow this Advent season to serve as a reminder of the confidence we have as we wait in hope for what we do not yet see? Will you seek the light of the star, no matter how faintly it might first appear to you, and draw more light and grow in that light as you learn more about Jesus, your Savior? And so as we acknowledge the darkness, we embrace the light, we commit to the journey. And with the remaining few minutes, I want to talk real quick about what waiting looks like. Because I think in our culture, 
we, we definitely have a natural differentiation between the words waiting and journeying, right? They, they seem different, right? Are you with me? Okay, thanks. One involves sitting around, waiting, right? And one involves moving, journeying. But the concept of waiting throughout the Bible is one of active waiting. It's not sitting on your thumbs. We wait with expectant hearts, but we are constantly moving forward on our journey. Henry Nowen is a um, priest and a professor and a theologian, and he describes waiting as active waiting. He says this, active waiting means to be present fully to the moment in the conviction that something is happening where you are and that you want to be present to it. Today, we're focusing on hope. What is hope to you this Christmas season? Hope is about waiting, but that waiting involves a commitment to being present in our journey of obedience. And as the band comes on up, wherever you are this morning, wherever you are in the season of your life, you're not too late. God's timing is absolutely 120% perfect. He is a God who is never late, never early, always on time. And he wants to fill your heart right where you're at with the hope for the ultimate healing and life in his son, Jesus. In just a moment, we're going to have two people come up, get in the water, get wet, get dunked, come back up. And there's great rejoicing here at Elevation. We have a party. Why? It's because of Christmas. It's because of what it means. It's because of the hope. And we use an illustration here. I used it a couple weeks. Sherry, would you grab a chair for me? I wasn't planning to do this, but I feel like someone needs to hear this. This whole Christmas Jesus stuff is not religion. Jesus didn't come that Christmas season to bring about religion. He came to fulfill God's promise. And so we talk about faith and becoming a Christian a lot. But I just want to break it down for you. Just like this chair as you came in this morning and either consciously or unconsciously, you decided to have faith in this chair and shift the weight off of your legs onto this chair and recline and sit while the chair supports your weight. You didn't think about if the leg was broken or wobbly. You just sat. And you expected that chair to hold you up. Same is with Jesus. 
is we believe that Jesus is who he said he is, was, and is to come. He is the Savior. And we decide to not lean on our own righteousness, which we don't have in ourselves because of sin. And we shift off of the weight of our own righteousness, our own ways of doing things, and we recline in what Jesus did for us on the cross, which he paid the penalty for sin. And so we have two, one of two relationships to this chair. Number one, I can stand next to it and make it look pretty. And I can just decide to stand on my own two feet and to hold myself up and not recline in the chair. Or I can shift the weight from standing on my own to allowing the chair to support my weight. Let me say this. We can only have one of two relationships with Jesus. We can stand on our own two feet in our own good works, which aren't going to amount to anything. We can stand on our own righteousness and live life like we want to live it. And eternally, there's repercussions to that. We will try to stand in our own righteousness and God will say, I don't know you. Be away from me. Those are the words that I hope and pray none of you ever hear when you face the judge of all. So we can be standing on our own righteousness and get absolutely nowhere, but pride of life tells us just to live your life. Or we can shift the weight off of our own righteousness onto the righteousness that Jesus paid on the cross. It paid for you, and he did the work for you. All you have to do is sit down. Just sit down. Let's worship. Stand and worship and come to the Savior, Jesus Christ.